What have we here? Welcome to the wonders of Thedas. Welcome to the Wonders of Thedas podcast, your one-stop shop for all your Dragon Age role-playing game needs. My name is Ren, and I'm it for today. Um, sorry to bury the lead like that, but um, unfortunately... Several of our podcast hosters are indisposed. One of them is quite ill and does not have their voice. So uh, while I am also feeling a little bit of ill, we are going to continue going on. It is going to be lecture hour uh, with the Wonders of Venus podcast this time around. Uh, I promise I won't keep you too long. You won't have to sit here and listen to me drone on forever about the assassin specialization, which is what's going to be our main topic for today. Hope you folks are excited. It's a killer. (laughs) Boots, you think I'm funny, right? Nugmeg? Thank you. We appreciate it. Anyway, uh, why don't we go ahead and get straight into things. Uh, we've got uh, very little news this week in Thetis, besides the adult coloring book for Dragon Age uh, getting closer, but not really, um, what would you say, um, Dragon Age RPG news. Uh, we'll be keeping our ears to the ground about it, uh, listening very closely for new books like The Faces of Thetis, which should be coming out any day now. Well... Probably later, the, probably later in the second half of this year. So, uh, crossing our fingers, hoping we hear more about it soon. Uh, but we'll probably hear more about it in June, July-ish, and that's okay. You know, we've got plenty of Dragon Age to go around right now, and uh, a little bit to share with you right today. So, why don't we go ahead and do a quick consulting of the Codex? You can ask me questions if you like. I'm not sure Welcome why you want to. Welcome to the Codex. But... We got a slim oh, one for you today. Uh, not a lot Thank of questions you. came in this time, I'm but you know it's probably going to be a quiet going time. To regret this, aren't we'll I? start uh, uh, asking folks for more questions here pretty soon. There's of course plenty of questions going around on the Green Ronin forums. If you are not a member yet and like to talk about Dragon Age, there are plenty of very intelligent and very helpful folks who will be happy to answer any questions you've got. But uh, for the folks who want to listen to the podcast, like Parsival, thank you again. Our habitual question answerer, Parsival, who probably should be getting his own segment on the show by this point, of course had a question for us upon completion of our last episode. And your question, Parsival, was, How do you pace the amassing of magic items, including runes, by PCs? I have been through the rough guide of one item per PC per level, which seems to be working. What was your experience and practice in your campaign? Well... Uh, in my campaign, I have actually been incredibly stingy about giving out magic items. Uh, the players haven't really needed them that much. They've been getting through challenges just fine without them. It seems like the, you know, the game, let's see the game and the adventure have worked just fine without too many magic items, uh, recently because they essentially saved Deventer's government from a, you know, crazy elven blood mage, you know. We never see those around. But, um... Then, since they say, essentially say the government and the Archon himself, they have been given quite a few extra little boosties. So, a couple of them have bought, have actually purchased some runes uh, from Tevinter. A couple of them have been given some magic items. So, uh, magic items have been coming very late for our group, and um, for our group, it's been working out perfectly fine. Um, as for an answer, you're quite, so of course that's, that's, a, so it's good for my campaign that not a lot of us shown up, although I'm sure a couple more are going to be showing up here pretty soon because I imagine that they've been feeling a little left out of them. Uh, so how do you pace the amassing of magic items like, uh, like magic swords, amulets, belts, runes, 
uh, things like that. Potions, even, uh, consumable magic items, permanent magic items, everything. Then, of course, we're going to give the slightly cop-out-ish answer, whatever works for your game. Um, but it is, uh, of course, it is very important to know what exactly you are planning to do with your game, because adding magic items is going to increase the power of PCs. Giving the PCs nice now, giving the PCs nice masterwork items like masterwork tools, say for for, for communication disguise tests, they could get a really nice disguise kit that gives them a masterwork bonus in performing that kind of check. They could, I don't know, get throat lozenges that are maybe consumables that they can use to get masterwork bonuses on a perform check. Or let's see, uh, goodness. They could uh, have like a balancing pole that they could pull out if they need to, you know, tightrope, let's see, tightrope walk across a fallen tree that's spanning a gorge. They could get a masterwork bonus on that. And of course, uh, weapons and armor and masterwork bonuses tend to be um, reducing the armor penalty, increasing attack and damage modifiers for the weapon, and sometimes increasing armor rating. So masterwork stuff is usually like bonuses of one to three. That's not terribly crazy. When you start getting to things like um, Jessica's character, who has the oak branch, is a magic staff that itself is not terribly power. Is not doesn't you know adds like one degree of the uh, two-handed style talent. So if she does try to hit somebody with it. She does get to move them two yards, which is pretty nice. But the real power that it gets is that if you roll a magical mishap, you can essentially adjust the uh, dragon die that rolled what kind of mishap you got, essentially keeping her safe from ever having to worry about demons taking control of her body. And that is something of a game changer. Uh, things like that can be watched for, uh, but you can also um, watch what kind of powers items have and maybe toss them to the PCs if you know that they're going to come across something they can get some use out of that for. Um, definitely give them items that are going to be useful for the challenges that are coming up and not challenges that they've already faced and never will face again, because that's kind of mean. Um, let's see. Pacing. Parsifal, you said that it was uh, one item per PC per level, which... The use of it seems to be working. I think that seems perfectly reasonable. Um, having more magic items come through means that PCs are going to be a little tougher, uh, which means that if you want to keep challenging them in any kind of encounter, really, you're going to also have to bump up some target numbers, uh, bump up maybe uh, bump the attack modifiers of some monsters, and that's something that you can do behind the GM screen. That's, that's really not a problem. That's not so hard. I would say, so again, whatever feels comfortable for your group, but Percival, I think that your idea of one item per PC per level is, I think it's pretty solid. It gives the PC something to look forward to, it gives them a reward schedule, and that's good. Um, and I think it's, I think that idea is actually good for kind of, you know, for creating a more moderate reward schedule instead of mine, which has been, um, <coughs> the, the, char the characters leveling up has been reward enough. But getting magic items has not really been too much on the PC's radars, or a couple of them have you know, been wondering, you know, can we purchase these things anywhere? Because they have been getting a lot of money. Uh, compared to magic items, they have been getting a lot of money, and of course, one of the, let's see, one of the little um, pitfalls that a lot of GMs can deal with is that um, magic items don't have prices listed for them, so PCs can't go buy them. And the, green, and the, and the, the, the core rulebook even says that PCs should not necessarily be allowed to buy magic items. They should kind of be kept special. 
But, of course, in your game, you are perfectly within your rights of saying that, well, the video games, you can buy those items all over the place. That's how the, that's how the Chantry and the, uh, the Circle of Magi make money. So it's probably fairly reasonable that you can have them being sold. I usually, when they are being sold, I make sure that they cost enough that parting with the money to get them is painful but doable. So, um, masterwork items are probably going to cost maybe twice, maybe three times the price. I like to use multipliers when I'm calculating prices. And I'll honestly often use um, Dragon Age Origins um, values that are listed for purchasing items uh, in, their, in the video games. Because it makes a good stencil. The, um, the amounts of money that you get in Origins is, some, is pretty comparable to what you'd get in the tabletop RPG. In the other games, it's it's a little different, uh, especially in Inquisition, which seems to deal almost exclusively in gold pieces, which is pretty dang rich for the tabletop RPG. And I mean, you are the Inquisitor, so it kind of makes sense. And then you know what? That's a different kind of campaign. Those kinds of campaigns have magic items and uh, masterwork items being thrown at you left and right, and you know that because it's a video game, it works for them. So I think I'm rambling now. Um, Parsifal, I think that your rough guide of one item per PC per level is pretty solid. Uh, going above that is going to make the PCs a little tougher, which means that you might have to plan a little more, but the players might have more fun with it, and you might too. Uh, giving them less than that is going to you know, make the PCs not quite as tough. They'll have to rely more on tactics. They'll have to rely more on good roleplay. They'll have to rely more on clever thinking, and that can be just as much fun. So watch your group. Um, if they ask, you know, where are the magic items coming, maybe toss them a couple bones if they... Um, but you don't have to spoil them. Magic items are supposed to be kind of special in the tabletop RPG, so feel free to keep them that way. <laughs> I hope that was helpful, Parsifal. Um... Thank you for the question again, as always. We're probably going to have to get you your own segment of the show. Um, <laughs> uh, so thank you again. Let's see. Thank you for uh, submitting to the Codex. We're going to go ahead and move on to a quick look at the Dissonant Verses. Do you ever wonder what lies at the edges of the map, past the seas? No. I think we have enough to worry about on this continent. <laughs> of course, but... <sighs> Welcome to the Dissonant Verses. I hope you folks aren't getting tired of just listening to me drone on and babble about things. Um, for the Dissonant Verses, we got a pretty short one. Uh, not, a, not too much stuff came around in the Green Running forums, and the things that did, I didn't really get permission for. I'll probably get them next time. So this episode, we're going to be tooting our own horn a little bit, because we've been making a couple things. We now have reached Volume 5 of our article collection that we called The Back Shelves. You can find those on our blog, one is the latest podcast at wordpress.wordpress.com. More recently, we converted most of the robes from Dragon Age Origins and the Awakening expansion for your mages and other characters to, to wear. We converted about 21 of them from the to the Dragon Age RPG. Along, um, and, of course, you can find our uh, on our blog, one is the latest podcast at wordpress.com. You can find our collection of amulet conversions, ring conversions, belt conversions, um, and a volume one was a smattering. I think there was a suit of armor, there was a weapon, there was a staff, and there was a belt. Uh, mostly things that I had made for the home game. Uh, my home game, Faith Misplaced. Um, but feel free to take a look at them, tell them what you think. You can find them, of course, at wondersofthetispodcast.wordpress.com. You can also find links to them on the Green Ronin forums under the Wonders of Thetis item conversions thread. Just let me know what you think. If you uh, feel like something should be toned down or toned up, 
we're and see we're perfectly it sounds like perfectly reasonable things to ask for. We'd be happy to take a look and see what people think and and I'm babbling again. Uh, why don't we go ahead and keep moving on? You can of course find our, all of our all these submissions and more. Uh, or, let's see submissions. Let's say I submitted um, archived in our resources for your game page on our blog. I've said the name three times now. I won't necessarily repeat it again. Um, <laughs> if you'd like to let us know about some custom Dragon Age RPG content, or even send us your own, and I completely forgot to answer to uh, put this part into the questions to the uh, codex, and maybe that's a mercy. Um, if you also if you'd like to send a question, you can send a message. To one is the latest podcast at gmail.com. You can send it to us through our Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, Google Plus, or SoundCloud accounts. Or you can send a personal message to Caught the Protector on the Green Running Forums. That's me. Or Healer Puff on the Green Running Forums. She's downstairs and sick. But, um, so thank you for. If you're still listening to me drone on at this point, I thank you. Uh, I promise we'll get to the cool part here in just a second. Um, so welcome to our main topic. We're going to talk about killing people for money. This is our main topic for today. Is it fate or chance? I can never decide. So you're an assassin. Um, you can turn along to page 68 in the core rulebook to take a look at the assassin specializations. The first one listed under rogue specializations. This is a cool one. And of course, the first uh, rogue specialization that we are featuring. Um, I wasn't necessarily intending to go alphabetical order, but here we are. Uh, we won't talk much about what the assassin specialization specifically does. We'll be talking about it in more abstracts. You can buy the book, or you can buy the PDF, and you can take a look at it yourself. We highly recommend it. Uh, this is a dang cool game. One best game... Uh, I won the gold any for best game at the Emmy Awards in 2016. Yeah, I, I think it's pretty dang cool. Um, so we'll talk more about um, being an assassin as you know as a as a character uh, in Dragon Age. So we'll first talk about you know what is in an assassin. An assassin um, at its core, an assassin is a career choice, as Zevran likes to put it. Uh, assassins are people who kill others for money or for a cause. Typically, assassins are an assassin is a job. Anyone can be a killer, but an assassin is an efficient slayer who gets the job done quickly and quietly if the client requests. Some assassins enjoy their job; others do not. Some see it art as artistry to be some see an artistry to being a hired killer, and others see it as a grim inevitability that simply took came sooner than the target expected. Let's see. There are. Um, there are plenty of places that an assassin could spring up. <clears throat> so it is. Uh, this is one of those specializations that's pretty uh, reasonable for a lot of folks to pick up if you're a less than scrupulous rogue, because if there are people willing to pay for the deaths of their enemies, assassins will be present. And considering what we all probably know about Dragon Age and Thetis, that can be no. That could not possibly be a problem. So. Given how uh, harsh the politics of this, I just read that. Um, so, for an assassin or a group of allied assassins to crop up or become player characters, that's always perfectly reasonable. As long as usually they'll pop up more in urban areas, uh, places where there's lots of places to hide, sneak in, slit someone's throat, and then leave. So, um, in terms of party dynamics. Is, let's see, what is this going to do with your party? 
Oh, Row the assassin specialization it makes you a very deadly melee character and can still uh, offer a little bit of help. The first degree uh, creates a kind of debuff for your for your uh, enemies that boosts the damage that all your allies deal, which means that um, you kind of a party buff uh, for the first for the novice degree, and then the journeyman and master degrees boost the amount of damage that you get to do in melee combat. So. Um, Assassin is mostly going to be a melee combat specialist, although you can, of course, be a uh, ranged character and be an assassin. It just was going to work a little differently. Um, now, uh, so you're probably going to be up in melee a lot with the, with your friends, um, setting up a lot of outnumbering such and such with uh, the warriors or the other rogues in the party. Um, and considering that your stunning, uh, your dirty fighting power is going to be very powerful, other rogues are going to be are going to be really great friends with you. Since you were helping them set up a lot of backstabs. Now, um, in terms of role-playing, most people will probably be unnerved with the knowledge that one of their companions is a trained killer. Uh, but individual reactions are, of course, up to those PCs. Some assassins prefer to keep their job a secret from friends to protect them or to avoid some shame. Some, like Zevran, aren't ashamed of their profession and are quite open about it. Even openly admitting that I was sent here to kill you. And that can always be a very interesting introduction to the party. Although, uh, some folks might call you out on uh, maybe borrowing something. But, particularly righteous companions may feel a little nervous about you and your methods, uh, and suspicious types may be waiting for you to kill them in their sleep. So, the assassin specialization does carry with it some connotations for who your character might be. You may not necessarily enjoy your job, but other folks are still probably going to take a little bit of issue with the fact that you kill people and get paid for it. Uh, that you accept money for the deaths of others. Some people might have take real issue with that. So it might be good to maybe if you're planning on playing an assassin, talking to your party members and making sure that nobody's too much of a goody two-shoes or too pure a person. And it's probably not, not impossible to make sure that that happens in a Dragon Age campaign. A lot of folks have seen a lot of stuff go down. Uh, but it is definitely something worth bringing up or maybe planning with the other players for there to be some kind of dramatic reveal that maybe um, maybe you killed somebody important to them a long time ago. Uh, and maybe you're adventuring with them now to, as a kind of secretive way to make up for it. Make sure that they get to live a fuller life now that they've lost a loved one. Who knows? Um, maybe you happen to be part of an organization that you're... Uh, friends are trying to take down and you have to make a choice between your loyalty to your friend to your adventuring companions or to your employers so assassin the specialization can add a lot of drama to an adventure rather quickly so keep that in mind if you're planning on playing an assassin um let's see um how would you go about getting the assassin specialization is an interesting is a good question and the most likely method of unlocking it would be finding a trainer as the job of assassin has many skilled workers who can pass on their skills uh going on a quest to join an assassin's guild like the house of crows in antiva or the house of repose in orlay uh is also perfectly reasonable and could make some for some very interesting uh and makes very interesting role play opportunities especially if you have uh, more than one character who's planning on taking the assassin specialization and joining the same house your gm may even rule that uh you can unlock it by taking your first job as a hired killer which maybe you have to keep secret from your friends upon completion you feel a shift in your soul and the specialization unlocks to you 
and you can start taking the, taking degrees of that specialization to level six. Of course, Origins had a manual to unlock the assassin, so if that works for your game, there's no reason you can't do it too. Um, and a book like that could be extremely valuable to some very dangerous people, so that can open the way to uh, some very interesting roleplay. Especially if you got, if you and your party stumble across it by accident, someone reads it and unlocks the specialization for themselves, but then finds that they're going to have to start using those skills a lot sooner than they thought they would, because people come looking for it. So, uh, to give you a bit of inspiration as to folks who are already assassins in the Dragon Age universe, there of course is the immortal, the beautiful. Let's see, uh, the uh, other adjectives, Zevra and Aranai, from Dragon Age Origins. One of the possible companions that you can recruit. Or, of course, you can, you know, stab him while he's sleeping. You monster. Um, Arl Rendon Howe from Dragon Age Origins also took the assassin specialization, interestingly enough, and so did his son, Nathaniel Howe, who shows up in the Dragon Age Origins expansion, Awakening. Uh, of course... Talus from Dragon Age 2, uh, the Mark of the Assassin DLC, and from uh, her own web series, Dragon Age Redemption, likely took the Assassin specialization, although, of course, in the video game she has her own specialization, like all the Dragon Age 2 characters do, and they have some pretty cool, like, kind of hybrid specializations. Maybe we'll talk about those some other time. But, um, so Talus is another possible example. Um... If you play Dragon Age Inquisition, Cole, of course, has the Assassin specialization, and of course your Inquisitor, your, um, let's see, your Inquisitor, Hawk, or uh, Warden can take the Assassin specialization. Um, and finally, if you play the Dragon Age Inquisition multiplayer, the Dragon the Inquisition, uh, the Inquisition agent Argent, the agent named Argent, pardon, uh, is, of course, also has the Assassin specialization. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think that might be crazy. Doesn't Urgent show up in the comic books? Well, who am I asking? There's nobody in the room. Except you and you. But you guys are, you guys got your own things to talk about. I appreciate it. So, um, an interesting topic that needs to come up is uh, if you've got assassins in the party, assassins usually get their skills from other trained folks, and those trained folks are usually members of an assassin's guild, which means that... Including Assassin's Guilds as part of your uh, campaign story um, can get very exciting, especially if you start using the Organizations and Realms rules to perhaps mention a bit of political intrigue between, maybe a little bit of uh, less less than political and much more stabby intrigue between the two. So you can start having plots being taken, uh, be, uh, um, plot actions being made by your group against their group, and then their group making attacks against yours. And the PCs being central and um, accessory to all of these crazy adventures between these two factions. Um, if your character wants to become an assassin, there are quite a few options when choosing a, a guild to join. Most of them are regional, regional organizations, and indeed, um, getting them involved is a great way for you to involve organization rules from Chapter 6. So if you've got, um, you have many regional, re many regional assassins guilds, maybe working on maybe they happen to be working on the same job and maybe an organization's uh opposed role is going to have to be made in order to decide who's maybe came better prepared or maybe who got there first and if it looks like it's going to be a tie maybe the pcs should be the ones who tip the scales uh of course an episode about the assassins would be completely remiss if we did not talk about the largest example of assassins in thetis the house of crows in antiva 
that our uh, immortal Zevran Aranai is a member. Well, former member, if you play to the end of Dragon Age Origins. Or, you know, if you kill him. And, you know, then he's definitely a former member. So legendary is the skill of the House of Crows, uh, is that they they practically run the nation of Antiva. They claim they can hit any target in Thetis for the right price. And, for the most part, they usually can. Recruitment is not common among the masses, at least as far as I can tell, uh, but from birth or childhood. The, uh, the elven and human slave children are usually purchased to train the children from a young age, grooming them for membership and weeding out the weaker applicants. This is how Zevran was uh, recruited into the into the, uh, the Antivan crows. You are born, let's say, you are raised as a killer, and you are given special techniques, you are given special philosophies, you are given special... Um, Let's see, you're given your own kinds of leashes, uh, your own limitations, your own limits, uh, your own regulations, and of course, plenty of storytelling opportunities. An adult recruit would make an excellent story if the crows think that the person has the aptitude and the loyalty that would be required to join the crows. So, if your character uh, is not did not grow up a member of the crows, but wants to become one... Um, that could create some interesting strife among the party, so uh, be ready for something like that. But because the crows usually don't necessarily recruit from adults, I think it would make a very interesting story for uh, the PC to try and impress the crows. And they may have to go to some pretty underhanded methods to impress them. Perhaps even uh, slightly infiltrating them and learning so some jobs that they have got that nobody's taking and maybe do them yourself and bring them in and bring them in for the bounty um or of course you can always get plenty of uh intrigue if it if a character who joins the uh antivan crows then finds out that there is a price on one of their adventuring companions heads that can lead to some interesting decision-making, especially seeing that they have just so recently uh, accomplished their dream of joining the Antivan Crows. Will uh, fulfilling their childhood dream then require them to kill one of their best friends? Who knows? Uh, other examples of, cor of, of guilds that hire assassins exist, of course. There is the House of Repose in Orlais that is a lesser-known assassin's guild, mainly for their more limited scope. They mostly work in Orlais or deal with uh, Orlesian citizens past and present. They've only shown up once so far in Dragon Age Inquisition, if you follow a certain person's uh, questline. They operate mostly in Orlais itself. Uh, they work as players of the grand game, hired out on a contractual basis to take out other players. Uh, or to simply put other players in poor positions that they will quit and they will leave the game. They are also a, they are a dedicated guild, upholding their contracts even generations after they would have been in effect. Despite their bloody work, they are also consummate professionals, even warning their marks of their predicament if a situation of one of their contracts is out of the ordinary, as is the case in one of the quests in Dragon Age Inquisition. They are a very curious group, uh, and, uh, and they don't seem to be necessarily less um, used to infiltration and making attacks on marks. Although I imagine most people are probably quite happy that they're not necessarily Antivan crows, because no one really wants the crows uh, coming after them. That usually means a death sentence. Although, the House of Repose does not seem to be any kind of slouch. So if your character is Orlesian in background, it is quite possible that your character has heard about the House of Repose. Uh, and maybe wishes to join... Let's see, so that they can get a leg up in the game. Or perhaps see all the players from a higher vantage point. 
Not very much is known about the House of Repose, which also means that uh, GMs get plenty of chances to flesh it out themselves if you guys would like if you would like to make use of it in your campaign, and of course, make stats for them in the or realms and organizations rules. Let's see. The next group that we have is not necessarily and not entirely an assassin's guild, but the Carta <coughs> does employ quite a few assassins for their businesses, as business gets quite bloody for the dwarves. Most of the assassins in the Carta are dwarves, but I could not possibly imagine that the Carta would be uh, above hiring outside agents for special jobs, especially if they want to avoid bringing th avoid bringing suspicion back to Orzammar, hiring a human or an elf. Or, you know, even a Talvashoth Kunari would be great at deflecting a lot of suspicion from, uh, maybe from cheeky marks who happen to, uh, best their assailants and want to come looking for more, want to come looking for whoever wants sent them. Dwarven politics can be brutal, so card assassins can be very cruel to, can be very cruel to match. So keep in mind if your character, especially if your character is a member of some of the casts of the dwarves, it is not impossible for you to be a member of the Carta, although if you were an assassin, it means that you're probably involved in some pretty wicked stuff. Like um, breaking someone's knees and dropping their knees into manure so that they don't heal properly, you know? Pretty dark stuff. And so, I mean, you played Dragon Age, so I guess that's what you came here for, so cool. But... <clears throat> So be ready. So be ready to have some crazy fun if you're planning on joining the Carta. Let's see. There are plenty of smaller guilds like um, that are mentioned, some mostly in passing in the video games. But uh, feel free to use these as ways to um, flesh out your own stories and create your own assassins guilds, or even have the PCs establish their own assassins guilds. Uh, but in a particular quest, Dragon Age in Dragon Age Two, sketchy on the details. Um, Members of quite a few different assassins guilds or groups come after Sketch, a character who actually showed up in Dragon Age Origins' DLC, Leliana's Song. Uh, some of these groups include the Shadows of the Emperor, the Denerim Avengers, or, goodness, I think my favorite one was, uh, I think it was the uh, it was like the, the Ravani Beards, something like that. Maybe I'm crazy. Uh, some, it was the Something Beards, and I, and I thought that sounded super cool and a little confusing. But um, feel free to take some uh, to you know check up on other assassins guilds and even have your PCs establish their own and create some competition. That can always be really fun, especially if your party is, is very heavily rogue focused. Now, uh, the bards in Orlay are technically not an assassins guild on the account of not really having an official structure or an organization so much as kind of like a mythical title that's bestowed. And but there are definitely people who can train you in bardic arts. And, um. Bards still perform many jobs that would regularly be assassin's work, uh, as their specialization can be a common second spec for bards. And on that message, we'll be jumping over to uh, how well does this spec mix with others? There's some interesting combinations here. Uh, as we've said, it has a solid mix with bard. Especially if your character um, is working with other assassins and needs to get everyone distracted, perhaps. If you're a master degree of the bard specialization... That can really get a lot of folks not paying attention to whatever's around them. And of course it makes you extra deadly if you end up in a situation if you end up in situations like that and traveling men, you know, you just performers, traveling minstrels, they're not gonna draw a lot of attention if you're in if you're not in Orlay. Let's see. Uh, duelists make excellent assassins. Uh, that I imagine that that is probably going to be a very common one 
because the Master Degree of Duelist has some very uh, exciting tricks that I'm sure many assassins would love to have. Let's see, Shadow is likely quite common uh, for an assassin's second spec as it, it focuses in stealth. Uh, not being not being hit quite so hard and maybe having to make some uh, hasty escape, some beat some hasty retreats. So... Shadow is probably going to be a rather common second spec for assassins, as they as their um, skill sets would complement each other quite well. Uh, marksmen can benefit from the improved melee abilities of the assassin, but the two specs themselves don't necessarily mesh very much. Uh, the assassin is mostly focused on melee combat, although it can help itself a little bit with ranged combat. But um, there's no reason that your that your marksman care that you your assassin can't uh, be necessarily become a marksman because that would also boost their uh, ranged abilities. Um, so they, those two can kind of mesh together, but you're not necessarily going to be using them both at the same time. So consider yourself a more well-rounded character if you go that direction. Um, Rangers as you can make very interesting assassins as they are killers in the wild who are skilled at ambushes. Um, but it could be seen as more like an assassin, maybe who is maybe an assassin, someone who is part of an assassin's guild, but is on the run now and has had to start making do with nature around them. Who knows? That could be a very interesting one, especially now that they're adept at calling animals. Or you could even be a very uh, a member of a, perhaps a very esoteric uh, assassin's guild, or perhaps even some kind of death cult that li that lives in the wild. That's. Um, and of course, being able to add multiple uh, being able to add uh, multiple ability scores to backstab damage is definitely something that the ranger would that the assassin would very much appreciate from getting uh, from the ranger specialization. So keep it in mind. Um, a little bit more crunch. Uh, we'll talk about some likely focuses that your assassin is going to want. Dexterity, stealth, and communication deception are going to maximize your possibility for backstabs. Uh, and with you being an assassin, backstab is going to be your thing. You're gonna be real. You're gonna be real good at it, especially once you become a master in, uh, in the assassins. Uh, assassins also have to infiltrate locations to reach targets, so dexterity, ledger domain, lock picking, and traps can all prove useful. Some assassins infiltrate the target's good graces instead of their physical premises, making communication, investigation, performance, and persuasion quite useful. And then uh, strength, jumping, and climbing can be useful for infiltration as well, or for beating hasty getaways. And assassins who employ poison, of which I am sure there are quite there are several, will probably want to take the cunning poison lore focus, especially because it will open up the talent. We'll talk about the talents. Of course, assassins who pick poison will probably want to get the poison-making focus. Um, assassins who perhaps uh, employ traps... Maybe they make a quick attack on a mark and uh, hope that the mark will follow them into a trapped alleyway. Let's see. Um, scouting and thievery are very strong choices for an assassin. Again, for the purposes of uh, infiltration and um, scouting is terrible is incredibly useful for avoiding backstabs and making sure that uh, you are the one going first in the initiative. Perhaps even getting multiple turns to stab somebody who you just uh, stunned. And of course, uh, observation can also serve an assassin very well, uh, being able to notice every little detail. And assassins with many f have many fighting styles. Uh, so they seem to be most commonly dual, let's see, dual weapon style, single weapon style, and um, you can make some very interesting ones uh, if you go with, let's say, thrown weapon style or unarmed style. You can make some very interesting interesting assassins that way. Um, Goodness, there was an assassin, I think, that I wrote a, uh, a ring for that supposedly um, 
was an assassin who fought barehanded and had had a special kind of unarmed technique that could kill a man in a second. If you want to go for that, do it. Being uh, being a brawler, being a brawler assassin could be a really interesting concept and really fun, to, really fun to watch. Um, so, and of course, um, crafting talents. Uh, we already touched on that. Assassins talk, uh, can make a lot of things. Let's see. And then, oh, is there anything else here? Anything else to talk about? Well, I suppose I have uh, killed my train of thought, as it were. Um, but uh, I have been keeping you guys here for quite a while, so I will go ahead and move on to some quick closing words. Assassins are excellent for gauging foes in melee, and their basic rogue powers give their ranged attacks some oomph, so your assassins can be dangerous foes indeed. You are all about killing folks and taking them down quick. Um, which is going to make you uh, very valuable to parties who need to have some people killed. Uh, it may be a spec that a lot of people want to keep secret from their allies, and that, of course, is going to be a case-by-case -case basis, but that can lead to some very interesting roleplay opportunities. Um, and the Assassin's Guild membership is not necessary, but can add quite a bit of spice to a campaign, especially once, the P once your other uh, PC friends find out that they have been accessory to the machinations of an Assassin's Guild. A lot of things to keep in mind, and of course, um, if you'd like to take a look at the at the exact uh, wording of how the assassin specialization works, you can turn to page sixty-eight of the core rulebook uh, in your PDF or in your in your physical copy. Feel free to take a look at it. Uh, it's pretty straightforward stuff, but uh, being an assassin itself is not necessarily straightforward. Be ready to play that at the table. It can bring a lot of excitement and a lot of fun. Um, this is a really cool specialization. I highly, let's see, I highly recommend it. None of my party members have it. Let's see, none of the folks in my groups have it. But you know, I'm still, I think there's time. Anyway, thank you all so much for joining me. This has been Ren's lecture hour on the Wonders of the Days podcast. Of course, I'll just remind you, folks, again, if you'd like to contact us, share some uh, custom contents you made, ask us a question or even submit a segment of the podcast. I don't know. Whatever you want to do, you can contact us through our email, podcast at wordpress. That's it, wondersathetispodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can, of course, uh, contact us on our blog, wondersathetispodcast.wordpress.com. You can contact us on our Facebook, our Twitter, our Google+, our Tumblr, our SoundCloud accounts, or you can send personal messages to Caught the Protector on the Green Running Forums. That's me. And Healer Puff on the Green Running Forums. She's downstairs. Thank you all again so much for joining us. Uh, this has been a rather quick lecture episode. Hope, the fo hope fo that's okay for you folks. We've been a bit discombobulated because of all the sickness. We promise to be back in full fighting form in the next two weeks when we see you folks again. Thank you all so much for your patience, and you folks have a good time. Uh, this is Ren wishing lots of sixes on that dragon die. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good night. Afternoon. Day. You know, whatever it is. Bye.